0: It's the week of Halloween, so we are talking spooky stuff on Panelism.
1: That's my Halloween spooky voice. Go on. Sorry.
0: Hello and welcome to Panelism, the podcast where we talk about comic books and graphic novels worth having on your shelf. I'm Todd A. And I'm
1: Taylor Trask. Oh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We need to back up and do uh, Simpsons. um, You know, Uh, I'm Odd A.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, man. And you are Slayer Trask. Slayer. Yeah, Slayer
0: Trask. (laughs) Slayer Mask. There you
1: go. Yes, perfect, perfect.
0: Puns in the moment.
1: Man, they've done 30 of those. How on earth are they still coming up with ideas? Because that's, I mean, Jesus. I, I mean, in general, but then for a 30th, uh, Treehouse of Horror Like what else
0: Some might argue That they're not Coming up with ideas
1: Well man, That's another episode For another day I, I don't I, would, I don't I would... even
0: know I can't even speak to that Because I haven't watched it In 20 of those years Probably
1: I haven't seen it When did I last watch Simpsons religiously Probably 2010 So it's been at least 10 years for me
0: Really Yeah Wow okay I think 97 was the last time I watched regularly
1: That was a good time Because that was when yeah. um That was when uh Hank Scorpion I think that had happened. <laughs> Shortly before then, so that was a good a good run.
0: Well, I'm uh, I am excited that we are we in our very last episode. We said, "Hey, more and more we're we're talking about other stuff besides comics and graphic novels." But today we are talking about comics and graphic novels. So this yes, is a, this is a, a great thing to do. Week of Halloween, we had like a thematic episode to talk about. Here we are.
1: <laughs> yeah, yay! We got two. You're going to talk about a book. I'm going to talk about a book. Um, I think last time we did a Halloween-flavored episode was probably two years ago when I mentioned Infidel, um, which oh, is yeah, yeah. great, awesome haunted house monster book that is also very topical. So go go find Infidel on Image and that episode. I forget which episode number it is, as I usually do, but um, uh, that review still holds. And I think that book, I'm, I'm going to reread that next week uh, for Halloween as well, in addition to the book I'm going to talk about. But we'll, we'll go with you first.
0: <laughs> As I, um, I was scrambling to find when we talked about that It was uh, episode 91 there you go. And we had, on episode 90, we talked about Harrow County, volume one, which was another uh, spooky book, which is also worth checking out. Man,
1: I forgot we talked about Harrow County. That was you, though, right? That was yes. me. Yeah, have exactly. you gone back and read it? No. And it keeps. Oh, okay. I keep seeing it in the shop and I'm always like, why did we talk about this? I had just completely forgotten that we had any conversation about it. And I might, I might have to go back to listen to the episode and then go to the shop and pick it up just so I have that context.
0: Well, you liked it, didn't you? I did I did and in fact um, it's one of those that kind of slipped off my radar because it it does leave it does end on like a cliffhanger and there were some weird set of circumstances like I read it for the comic book book club I was participating in and then I think they did not have a copy of volume two or I thought oh, I'm going to just buy it on comiXology. I don't remember what the circumstances were, but it was like it left on this cliffhanger and I immediately wanted to find out about volume two. I was surprised I liked volume one so much. Then it slipped off the radar, but now I think both volumes are in the comiXology Unlimited. So Excellent. You know, Harrow uh, County
1: it, sounds like a Bill Monroe song that never got recorded. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, and it evokes Harrell that County. too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> do, 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 do. They, they picked it perfectly. It's like the color scheme and the everything just fits into that that uh, vibe Um, I (laughs) will have a hard turn away from that for the comic I've picked today okay Um, but I think it's a a great one to mention Um, and oh you know what I didn't even look up the uh, um, I'm quickly as I google the actual publisher because I don't think it is a comic book publisher Um,
1: oh like yeah. some guy just handed it to you on the street as you're walking No, down. and I wish I knew hey, more hey, of kid, the story behind this. this. It's my uh, dirty magazine. Um,
0: okay. <laughs> I, I meant it was a uh, a uh, um, Andrews McMeal Publishing. Okay. Um, so not, you know, that's why I was saying it's a great pick for us because it's not a Marvel DC, but it's also not even like an image or a drawn and quarterly. Like this is one of those, oh, this, you know, the, picks that's out there it's got
1: the u logo with two kind of eyes on it so if you've ever seen that oh, logo okay. you'll know i just never knew that's what it was but i've seen that logo many times um on comics especially in like barnes and noble where they get a little bit more literary um in yeah. now and then so okay great so now i'm excited What what is it what's the pick
0: well uh so this is fangs by sarah anderson and i previously talked about sarah anderson it's a the other reason i say it's like kind of a, a odd pick is is because um, not that you wouldn't expect this, but Sarah is really well known for this comic called Sarah's Scribbles, mm-hmm. which is almost like a newspaper style comic. Like, I mean, it's very updated and contemporary, but it's, um, you know, often four panels. Uh, it, it, please forgive me for this uh, comparison if this is does not. Land with you, Sarah, but almost like a modern day Kathy or something, you know, it's like these are the travails of a of a character that is, you know, is sort of Sarah in her her cartoon form, you know, Um, and it's not Sarah Scribbles is not drawn in a comic book style so much as in a serial cartoon style or serial comic style.
1: It looks a lot like the oatmeal and that's not a, that's not a slam. That's just a, that's just a a positioning statement. Like if you're, if you have to put in a category, the oatmeal would be there too.
0: So I, I, in episode number 58, I reviewed one of these collections of serious scribbles called adulthood is a myth. That's yes. That's right. Yeah. I grabbed that one too. Right after that one. Yeah, so last year at Comic Con, I randomly uh, not I mean I saw it in the book, but it was uh, it ended up being this uh, panel that had Whitney Gardner, who had written a book that I had reviewed called Chaotic Good, and Sarah Anderson was on this panel, and then Thomas Lennon, (laughs) like, like of the State and Reno Nine One One, because he had written this uh, young adult book, which I then talked about later in another episode, I believe. so I it was just this I loved seeing this and it was very unexpected to see these people they are they have very different styles of work what Sarah was promoting at that time and this just like blew my mind cuz I was familiar with Sarah Scribbles was she had done a book called Cheshire Crossing written by Andy Weir who wrote The Martian the novel that became the Matt Damon movie Okay so it was this this crazy like sort of um science fantasy uh, book, and I'm sorry that I it's been so long that I've sort of forgotten the the back of book description for Cheshire Crossing, but uh, it was something like uh, several of the uh, female protagonists from Nursery Rhymes or Fairy Tales had all been sent to live in an insane asylum, as though like Alice and uh, wh- whoever else, you know, the society had decided like, oh, you're crazy for telling these stories. Yeah, um, yeah. So and the style was for Sarah the the illustration style was so different than Sarah's scribbles that I was really blown away. So Fangs follows up on that and it's you're, you'll recognize it because it is it is very much uh, uh, like a a, a flat two dimensional black and white um, illustration style and I, but I, but it draws a little bit more heavily I would say from like manga and comic books in that way so to me it's like she just sort of I mean it's to me it's it's it it's a it you know and I mean this in in the highest praise it's a simple style but it's like elegant in that way it's just it's not comic book ish with like a lot of action and a lot of details into it and stuff like that okay but it she chose this. Uh, she was decided to write. She wanted to write a vampire story. And I also apologize because I know there's like great backstory here, and I intentionally sort of avoided it. Like I would see uh, Fang's updates on her Instagram, and go, "This looks really intriguing." I'm following along, but I wasn't on her Patreon or what I later discovered was this site called Tapas.io. T a p a s dot i o. That is where Fangs lives. Okay. So. I don't know if it was like 3D. I haven't even heard
1: of Tapas.io. This is going to be a whole rabbit hole for me to fall down.
0: Yeah, it's like a web comic reader. That's amazing. Um, Love it. So she was setting it up. So she was taking the sort of Sunday comic style of here's like a four panel story and putting it out. The story is about a 300 year old vampire um, just known as Vamp who (laughs) runs into this grungy dude who's a werewolf at a bar Um, and it's about their like romance for I mean you know it's 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 not uh, there's not a lot of chase in it like there's not a lot of um, (laughs) pursuit in that romance it's sort of like they meet their their soulmate and then it's about this vampire and this werewolf like their daily life so there's um, and because she's doing it in largely like even if it's not four panels that are sort of um, geometrically like perfect, you know there they will be short stories with like a punchline, so it's done on a page or two. Oh, is so, it like
1: Wilson in that respect? It where is. Each little vignette yeah. is like like exactly. each page or series of panels doesn't necessarily. It, it could go in order, but it doesn't necessarily pick up where the last one left off.
0: Right, and okay. I I I'm glad you brought that up because that was on my mind um, to bring up as well. So it's. Uh, like, I, you know, not to spoil, but just to give an example of the, the very second page is this four panel of, you know, they've met at the bar and uh, she says, you know, tell me, boy, what is your type? And he says, uh, goth girls. <laughs> and she says, no, your blood type. And then there's like, you know, cut to her face with like the fangs sticking out and the big smile. And, you know, but it's an acute uh, manga style. And it's sort of that. Kind of punchline and that resolution of an idea, you know? So, whatever the backstory is, and I apologize that I don't know it, but whether it was like the munificence of her uh, patrons or like if this was kickstarted or whatever, or if she just got a book deal, it was um, the entire story. It has been put together in this super cute, like just beautiful little book. It's a red cover book. Um, It's about like eight inches by five. You know, it's sort of like an A5 paper size and it has a black edge to the paper. So you're holding this red cover with this black paper in it um, just on the edges. But then because it's written in this easy to follow, you know, like sort of strip style. I, I mean, I just sat down and read the whole thing in under an hour, probably. Oh, I love it. And it's just this like cute story. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, I think I probably laughed out loud a couple of times. Uh, it's, I don't think it's meant to be sort of hilarious or, or, or anything like that. It's really, I think just like a pure expression of like, you know, her, her bio at the, at the end says something like, um, Sarah Anderson likes cats, coffee and covens, you know? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, this is just sort of this, the best Tinder um,
1: profile ever.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Cats, like and coven's, come on. What boys. what I uh, have come to describe, uh, and 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 I may I may fit parts of this description as well as like a normcore goth. Like this is <laughs> you know when when I met Sarah at that panel, uh, it, it, this was not a this was not a woman in like you know a black Lolita dress with like heavy you know makeup on or anything like that, but you know, just probably a girl that enjoys like dark stories and that sort of vampire aesthetic. And, and, um, and I'm sorry, I just described her as a girl, a woman who enjoys that. And, you know, so I think that comes out in this is like, it's a very domestic story, but she's chosen this subject matter and she, it lets her run with it in these more fun ways than I've seen in a lot of like pop culture, uh, Stories of vampires and werewolves You know this is like, I, like if you boil it down to its essence You might go like oh like Twilight or something But it, mm. that's not it at all it's, And it's no. not that it's intentionally making fun of it It's just um, it, Telling that story in a different Genre in like a. i um, oh, I'm trying to remember the word for like the manga Comic that's all about love um, I'm sorry some listener will know that um, But that's what it's like uh, And uh, so it's You know the, the boy turns into a wolf Once a month and, you know, we'll, we'll <laughs> um, and the the girl uh, can't be in sunlight, um, but they, you know, they make it work. So it's it's just a really cool little book. It's something you can, I would say, for sure, get the hardcover of this. Uh, it, you're just not going to get the experience. Um, the cover looks like a tablet. really
1: elegant, almost like New Yorker magazine cover, just with her in yes. the mirror, and then you see her reflections missing in the mirror, but the you know she still has the clothes, which is kind of fun. Um, and just hearing you say the, the pages are black, like as an art artifact, I think that definitely needs you know, requires a physical pickup of some kind. And why not just go hardcover?
0: Yeah, they don't. I don't think they even made a soft cover of it. So I think it's probably. Um, and I'm I, curious annoyed. What, what I image get annoyed. What I get annoyed, by at. the way, when
1: I go into a shop and I, you know, and I have like a hardcover version of a book I love, and I see just a, a crappy, bad softcover oh, version, I'm like, get that out of here! Like, I almost want to buy yeah. it just to remove it from the shop and <laughs> just like, nope, well, nope.
0: And I don't think they they don't need it at all because if you, you know, if you if you don't want to uh, if you want to save some bucks and and whatever, then just read it on on tapas.io. You can read yeah. the whole thing there. You can read it in the same amount of time, but it is worth having that. That little artifact Because it's just It's going to look so cool On your shelf I don't know exactly What cover image You're seeing Because the the one I've seen Is like she's in a black Dress And she's holding it out On the side So it looks like bat wings um, Oh Different And it, it almost looks like a Um it ha- it has this filigree around the edges, so it almost looks like oh. an Edgar Allan Poe collection yes. or something.
1: Yes, I see that cover too. It's all and it's it's all red and black. There's no white. Yeah. Um, the one I'm looking at, this might be the soft cover, but she's posing in the mirror. That's the one that looks like the New Yorker cover. I actually like the other one better because it looks more old fashioned. It looks like it's it, you know a book from the totally. 20s.
0: I'm that's a great word. It it is definitely like old fashioned. So this thing is just going to sit on your shelf. Or on your coffee table and people are going to think it's like this, you know, (laughs) this old collection of uh, Edgar Allan Poe stories or something and find that it's this cute vampire comic. And I think it, you know, I'm uh, I meant to lead off with this. Um, Are you a Halloween person?
1: I am. Yes. Oh, I'm not at all. I I don't care for it. What? And
0: yeah, it honestly more than anything else. This is probably one of the major reasons why I'm a single man um because I, this is well, I don't understand it maybe it's just southern california thing this is women's favorite holiday and oh, I, sure. I i'm not i don't like dislike it i just don't care like i'm just like well you know i don't i'm not Cause gonna girls dress, get, dress Okay so so
1: Women can have more fun dressing up than men can, and I say this because like, and yeah, men can have fun too, but it, I almost feel like our costumes have to be bigger productions. like we have to build mm. an Iron Man out, you know costume of some kind, you know in our garage, whereas women can get really creative with very little and have like an amazing sort of thing um. I just, I don't, I mean, and yeah, there's some men who I'm sure can do that too, but it's just like, I don't, you know, it's, I I feel like if men don't go all out, we end up looking like Jim from the office where his Halloween costumes were literally just like a name tag that said like Steve and like, you know, just random. It's just like, it's so lazy that it's just like, you kind of have to, I've always been pulled in each direction. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 wouldn't, I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily break it down by, uh, uh, gender in that way, because i think either well i don't know maybe maybe just women have easier like package costumes or something let's, I don't let's, know
1: let's make it more specific I think um, geeky women and geeky men, geeky men are going to want to do more I think like make more, yeah. more of a production out of it more often than women do not that women aren't There's some amazing cosplay that's really elaborate so I'm not putting that down I'm just saying women yeah I think geek, geek women have like a better time just going hey we'll just pull some stuff together and here we go and like this is just as legitimate and like they're, co- they're confident in it where we're like wow well, shoot I gotta be working on it for a month beforehand and you're not going to see it until the day I think more about the what's really coming to mind is when this the South Park Halloween episode happened and the kids, the four boys like dressed up as each one of the Avengers, but it was so complicated. They had to like go home <laughs> and, you know, ah! meanwhile, like other people in the town were just putting on a sport jacket and sunglasses and walk around as sigh. And it was like, that was, you know, and there was like 10 sigh or a hundred different size. You know, this is back when gum Gungam style was,
0: was <laughs> that sigh. <laughs> that I, sigh. Sorry. I, I just know. remember one PSY. time trying to be part of a couple's costume where we were going to be, um, uh, Speed Racer and and Trixie or something like whatever oh, wow. her name was, and it was like, I, I, I the problem is my my eighty percent nature of like man I can get the <laughs> first eighty percent done really quickly and really well, last twenty percent real hard for me to push that that mm. over over the edge you know okay um, I need a finisher in my in my team you know and uh, yeah the for, you know I got I got close. And then, it, and then I just realized, like, wow, all the effort I've already put into it, if I don't somehow muster up that much effort again, I'm gonna, still going to look like an idiot who has to explain his costume to everybody. Yep. And, and, and I think that was the year art. I ended up uh, uh, just cutting holes in a brown paper bag and going as a Scrabble letter.
1: <laughs> that's actually clever. I like that.
0: Yeah, we that was that ended up being the couple's costume, and That's that great. was the last time I've ever worn a costume like that. Well, except for the Batman costume I wore in a music video, but you know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a dresser upper anyway, but I all that to say, um, what I do like about Halloween is that within that group of excited people. Um, who you know people who are enthusiastic about the holiday it's not one thing or the other it's not like it has to be gory scary movies or you know cutesy kids in costumes there's like all little sub genres in halloween and this is in that cute romantic um whatever the word for a romantic manga is you know that's that's where this is um and uh I wish I'd looked that up.
1: (laughs) One question for you as I'm uh, browsing different screenshots and stuff of it. I'm noticing that it looks like she's the only character um, who wears a black shirt and everybody else is kind of in white or, you know, just kind of different layers of white. Is that does that carry through or is that just these particular panels I'm looking at where she's. No, that definitely carries
0: through. And I think there's a, um, you know, and I think that's part of that style of making it like a serial comic. Yeah. Um, where there has to be a symbol like a uniform that they're always in. You know, the mm-hmm. boy is always in a very easy version of a flannel shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, glad. Yeah. Um, Shujo. Is that the romantic manga? Somebody correct me. Um anyway, I
1: literally know nothing about what you're talking. I've never heard of a a term for romantic manga. So you're at a level beyond Oh, my they're all Oh,
0: it's like all subgenres and stuff, you know.
1: I you um, know, I appreciate Here's the thing. I respect manga. I appreciate it, but like that's the my precise problem with it is that kind of you have to kind of learn an entire lexicon of like art appreciation to kind of really get into it. So I just sort of peck at the, the edges. Like I the only manga on my shelf right now, I believe is Death Note Volume 1, which is amazing. Mm. You know That whole Death Note series is bloody incredible. One more question. I am, as I'm Googling, also seeing various uh, screenshots from what we do in the shadows. My guess is people just making jokes about it or that kind of thing. It mm. doesn't have that sort of irreverent, um, no. you know, vamp, lith- lithanthrope uh, sort of you know, thing does it. I mean, that's just it, it's it's I, its own sweet little story. It's not like it's trying to be that, right? Irreverent. I
0: wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's irreverent. It's okay. where it's breaking, um, you know, horror conventions around vampires and werewolves is breaking them in like a cute way. You know, okay. it's and in that um coupley way, not not in a like uh any kind of insider joke or making fun of the genre or anything. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a great point uh, as well because um. What we do in the shadows is the kind of uh, spooky stuff I do like.
1: <laughs> I just want to give one more shout out to our boy Haley Osmond, Osment, um, which oh, we talked about last time, boy. and just say I ended up after that episode, I ended up rewatching because I ended up getting back on Hulu for a moment or two um, to catch up on Archer, which is a whole other discussion. Last season oh, of Archer is happening. Oh, it's it's actually really good. So if you stepped away from Archer oh. for three seasons because you're like I don't know what they're doing, like it actually they they come back in full force in this final season. So check it out. Anyway, I was watching that episode of what we do in the shadows with Haley Joe Osment, and it's just as good the second time or third time. Nice, through. It's so good. And it's just that we've talked about the movie before. I don't know if we've ever talked about the show in depth. Um, maybe we had, did we do that back during our coronavirus? uh, uh you know what, I episode? think,
0: I think when we mentioned it, then I, I wasn't fully caught up on that. That was, if we go back all the way to that, like first pandemic episode, I was deep into devs at the time, and yep. you were into what we do in the shadows. That's right. Yep. And I don't think we've we've synced in a show since we both uh, exchanged those obsessions. <laughs>
1: That's true. That what we do in the shadows TV show, like I, I, you know, you that turned me on to the movie. I
0: think. You
1: turned me yeah. on to the movie. I loved the movie a lot. And then when I heard they're doing a TV show, I was like, Oh man, what could po- What could they possibly do? That's better than the movie, and then they're like, "Well, Taika and Jermaine are gonna are gonna basically make it and showrun it." And even then, I was like, "Yeah, but what are they gonna do?" And then they announced the cast, and even then, I was like, "Yeah, but what are they gonna do?" Like, I mean, literally every single thing about that show is so perfect. Um, and yeah, season two, like season one, is amazing. Season one hooked me. Season two, it's like they like any good show they figured out really what the dynamic is especially with that cast and you can tell that cast really figured each other out too so there's some of the timing is just so brilliant and matt barry oh, you know yeah. matt barry's a genius in anything but like matt barry is like the he's amazing but what the, the real i mean if i have an mvp of that show it's the guy who plays colin robinson like that more than <laughs> anything else is what makes that tv show worthwhile like like if you're gonna say why do we need a tv show too colin robinson is why that entire character <laughs> it never gets old it's amazing and then like they can do stuff like and it's all in it's all in continuity the movie characters show up all the time it's wonderful um yeah which is oh amazing God. too. the so last
0: just, episode of the first season is just when when wesley snipes like skypes into the oh that's Vampire right Coven yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's amazing
1: yeah, but no, the Haley yeah. Joe one's great. But um, yeah, why did I bring that up? I don't remember. Well, we were, oh, talking, we're about talking about the about... irreverence of this. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, and it's you know I I yeah, um, and whether I'm pronouncing that right or not, I think that shojo shoujo manga is the best area to put this in because it is like okay, it is that that um, that like sort of innocent romantic thing, and what. I think once you center it in a genre like that, it makes all these little choices more interesting. Like okay. when she gets, you know, he's making dinner and he cuts his finger and instantly vamp appears next to him and like is licking her lips. And he's like, don't be gross, you yeah. know, or when he has to like lock her up somewhere. Cause he's like, it's a full moon. So, you know, <laughs> I'm about to change or, or then there's like cute, a whole bunch of cute, like uh, girl and her dog episodes where he is the wolf. Um, and, and it's, you know, so there I don't know. I just think once it's in that, once you get that feel of it, it just makes it all the more enjoyable. And like I said, definitely grab the hardcover.
1: Well, this is good because my, we can transition seamlessly into my yes. pick, which is also a vampire book. A um, oh, nice. little more hardcore than yours. I think yours is, oh, I should have <laughs> asked you before I forget, is your, what all is, you think yours all ages, or do you think it would be better, you know, sort of young adult and, and
0: onward? Yeah, I think that's how to say it. It's not, like, inappropriate for all ages, but I just don't think... I think those references and stuff are going to be lost on younger readers, you know? Okay. So it's it's sort of like you have to have that history of of, uh, what they're talking about. You know, you have to understand like a, a good boy like joke when they're talking about a dog but in this case it's a wolf who's actually her boyfriend you know it's it's like there's a lot of uh <laughs> life you gotta have in your head to, to get it all i think okay so yeah it's
1: yeah. cool well, okay so so my pick is a vampire pick a lot more hardcore than that um actually kind of a pretty well-known book it's 30 days of night um I think some people might be like, wait, 30 days a night. You mean the movie? No, I mean the comic book that m- like most, um, there was, remember we talked about history of violence a couple episodes ago. There yes. was that run between like Oh six and Oh nine where, uh, and that includes I, the, the first Iron Man movie, but there was, I, I would argue some of the best comic movies ever were released and made during that time. And most of them were more indie, you know, Scott Pilgrim, uh, history of violence, 30 days of night is, is one of those two. And it just, it, Kind of, I think it came out. yo, know, it came out in 07. Comic came out in, um, I believe I shouldn't have had this figured out. 2002. So it was published in 02, in 02 by IDW. Um, you know, IDWs. I, I hold them up. Them, Image, and probably I mean and Drawn and Quarterly, obviously. Um, but them, Image, and Boom, probably my my three favorite, um, you know, sort of mainstream comic indie publishers. IDW has just been doing some great stuff, but Thirty Days a Night it is um, definitely vampire vampire story limited uh, limited small series. The whole thing's available on Comixology right now um, uh, to purchase or, or download. You can get the sing- three single issues or the um, you know the uh, trade paperback. Either way, um, here's my pitch. And so like, well, oh, go ahead.
0: Let me down on a detail. When you say a limited small series, what are we talking about? Three issues. Oh, that's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just three. Very, I thought it was six. No. I mean they're long, slightly longer issues, but it's it's you know, very short, very compact. That's one of the reasons I like it cuz when I first heard about it, I kind of imagined this sprawling walking dead sort of like, oh god, I don't I can't read about vampires for 25 books. And it's right not that. Very short, very and I think it would get really tedious if they went any longer than that. So I'm glad they didn't. Um, it's just a nice start to finish story. But, you know, they could have picked it up any time later. You know, they could, 20 years later, they could do a sequel if they wanted to and it would work. Um, I'm going to read you the back of the book and then I'm going to give you my sort of take on it. Because as I was reading this and then I about halfway through issue one, I was like, wait a second. I have a better I have a better pitch for this. Here's the back of the book to start with. The series takes place in barrow alaska so far north that during the winter the sun does not rise for 30 days in the series vampires being vulnerable to sunlight take advantage of the prolonged darkness to openly kill the townspeople and feed at will um so here's the here's the deal it was originally an unsuccessful film pitch so they they thought it up as a movie um oh by the way goodness gracious created by steve niles and ben templesmith um so just uh I can't believe I forgot that. Um, illustrated by Ben, written by Steve. So definitely a, a team team effort, and you know, they both kind of worked on it as as great teams do. Originally it was meant to be a film pitch though, um, rejected. And so then they um uh decided to come back and make it a comic book first. Um and then uh the movie came after that. So like one of those great stories where like this, yeah, it was it was gonna it was meant to be a movie, became a great comic, and then became a movie anyway. So I love it. Uh, here's my pitch though. Remember how sort of pseudo disappointed we were, in how the White Walkers were handled in Game of Thrones. You know, when they when they cross the wall, yeah, they have like, you know, like in spoilers, you know, in the end of Game of Thrones, the White Walkers blast through the wall, and then you know they're headed for Winterfell, and we sort of expected, I don't know, we we expected kind of a a lot from that show, and particularly that sort of encounter. I don't think we really got it. Imagine if imagine. A modern day take on that where you're 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 at that you're in the north you're at the wall essentially like alaska's at the wall um and the vampires show up again like the white walkers appear oh, and start feeding I like on that. the <laughs> town like that's that's basically what this is this is like if you wanted a hardcore sort of really you know like lengthier meatier version of that that encounter this is essentially i mean even the way it's drawn you just you feel like the white walkers are almost right there Um, you know, so it's, it just, it has that sort of vibe to it. Um, the, uh,
0: go ahead. On a story detail there, is it, um, like when you talk about, uh, I, I, when I read the synopsis of it, I, it said something about it, this town plunged into darkness. So I thought it was some artificial thing. I didn't read on enough or wasn't paying attention that this is the seasonal sort of thing. So is it like the townspeople know of this danger and they're preparing like along you know, in in the vein of the White Walkers,
1: um, I don't want to spoil that. I think I oh, think okay. I want to be I want to be really careful because it's only three issues. Um, I, I I could reveal too much, and I think uh, here's what I'll say. Um, uh, so the vampires, you know, they're 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 sort of they're in the town. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a perfect feeding ground. There is one guy; it's the sheriff. Um, Ibn o- I can never pronounce that. Oh, Oleman, um, O-L-E-M-A-U-N, even Oleman. He saves the town, um, in a very interesting way. And they, you know, they kind of get to it you know, right out of the gate. Um, and actually, you know, the Wikipedia entry, oh, I don't want to say, I don't want, I don't, don't want to say too much. The share, it, it's kind of like one of those classic, like almost like Stephen King, like eighties sort of, you know, uh, 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 Carpenter, you know, John Carpenter kind of like, you know, there's like one man in this town is going to, you almost imagine yeah. it being Sheriff Hopper from, from, um, is that, is it Hopper? Right. From, yeah. Uh, yeah. Stranger we things. just watched, we just watched Rachel and I just watched daybreak and, um, Brett Hopper is like the main character in that played by Tay Diggs. Amazing. Um, so I, I Hopper. I was just so like getting your I, Hopper. <laughs> am I putting that in? No, but imagine like in right. stranger things, like Sheriff Hopper fighting vampires. Like that's kind of yeah. what this is. Um, like the, Sat- it's
0: like, uh, uh the jaws. Uh, uh, yes, Sheriff.
1: yes, exactly. But with, with this and then he does, he does something very specific that makes it very interesting. Um, mm. but it also kind of makes it at that point. I mean, there's, there's aspects of a Western floating around here, like one man's justice. Um, you know, it just, it has that sort of, uh, magnificent seven kind of, you know, Huh. You know, feel to it too that creeped in a little bit. So, it once I started to kind of really pick up on the references, you know, subtle or not, like I just, I really, you know, you get a little, a little of that White Walker stuff, and not that it was inspired by that or anything, but like, um, you know, you get a little of that, you get a little of the Western, you get a little of the, you know, kind of classic 80s movie. Um, sadly, now, if you're if you've seen the movie, and you're like, should I read the book? Yes, absolutely read the book because the movie. As interesting as it is, you know, it captures a mood, it captures a tone. I'm um, actually re- uh, rewatched some of it prior to this, just so I, you know, last time I saw it was years ago. Um, but the movie captures a tone very well. But it just it, it feels dull, um, kind of by comparison. The the book is drawn hmm. almost kind of like um, if you remember the illustration in Batman Arkham Asylum, the uh, Grant Morrison book, just that sort of dreamy Sandman kind of like uh, quality of of you know, just very moody, very you know almost like scary stories to tell in the dark just kind of that that sort of penciling um hmm. so the the book has a, a, a even darker tone and the movie's cast just doesn't really do it for me um you know it's got Josh Hartnett playing the sheriff and he just he's not that guy especially after you've seen oh, right. um you know sheriff you know Hopper in 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 um Stranger Things and you it just Josh Hartnett is not who you want to be looking at doing that i it just is like ah, oh, give me anybody else you know it has danny houston it has ben foster and honestly ben foster should have been the sheriff like i love that guy in anything um i just I, it could have been anybody else but josh hart it just you just as your lead as that guy just didn't i don't know just what didn't work for me so there's a lot about it that falls down i almost want them to remake it um hmm. and almost i mean they could remake blumhouse could remake it for very little money you go the opposite route because you know the one that the movie we got was you know very well shot very stylized you know it's just it's it looks like it looks more like a commercial movie i i want to see a little you know almost blair witch style indie movie um you know adaptation of this was just a killer cast like just nail that cast and do it again i think i'd be i mean it could be it could be 10 times more terrifying than the other movie was.
0: Now, um, did you, did you, were you familiar with the movie before you got the comic? I'm sorry. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I, okay.
1: I didn't realize it was a comic. I was kind of one of those people who I'm like, wait, it's a comic too. Um, so, cause that movie was, you know, so prevalent and you know, I encountered it before I, um, you know, before I uh, got back into comics full time. So it's, it's just, that was, that was the surprising thing. I saw it on comiXology about a month or two ago. I was like, oh my God, I can get, I, can, I didn't realize this was a book. Um, grabbed it. And then I I thought it was like an adaptation of the movie. Not, you know, it came first, even though, like I said, it was supposed to be a movie. They made a comic instead and then became a movie. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I just, I really don't want to spoil too much. That's, that's the premise. That's exciting enough for me. You know, vampire, basically the, you know, vampires during this 30 days of night, you know, winter has come. Um, and, uh, in Alaska and it just, it has that vibe of like Winterfell is, is under siege by these vampires Hmm. How does this one guy? How does Ned Stark? How does what would Ned Stark do by himself? You I know, mean, if he had to like protect his family when the when the White Walkers are, are storming the castle, like what would he do? Yeah, Um, it just I mean that just asking that question out loud sounds interesting. Well, this book is that. Just it happens to be modern day Alaska, not you know Westeros.
0: I really appreciate that you that you that you called attention to how short the series is, like by comparing it to Walking Dead, which is. um, you know, I remember uh, uh, some cranky movie critic saying, you know, what makes zombies scary is that they're not running at you. So all yeah. of a sudden when yeah. they can run, it's like, well, this doesn't seem like a zombie movie anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it's that mm-hmm. lurching dread. But also I think what makes things scary is like when you're when it is a almost like a bottle episode kind of thing. Like you're you're trapped in the town. There's some, you know, outside circumstance that has led you to this. Uh, if that series goes on for four hundred issues, that's not necessarily to me. It's like uh, I just don't, you know. How, how are we still? T- I don't know, you know. We'll we'll see if we ever get out of this pandemic. Right now, um, like how interested we are in it later, you know. But I, I don't know. That's the Walking Dead has always turned me off because it's like I you just know. Well, I got to get into so much stuff to get into this. This my is My problem a with the walk. Here's my story. problem
1: with the walking dead. It went on way too long. Like it's just I just can't and that's more or less your yeah. point. Like I just I can't I don't have the time to invest in, you know, 33 trade paperbacks. Just, you know, to catch up on this. Number 2, I don't I'm just not a big zombie fan anyway. I yeah. just don't find them interesting. Like as a narrative device, as a character device, you know, and I get people have told me, well, yeah, but the point of Walking Dead isn't the zombie so much as like, you know, how do people survive? And this, you know, it's more about them. And I'm like, I get that too. But then I just, I, you know, it, and, and they're trying to kind of have their cake and eat it too with Fear the Walking Dead. Whatever that next yeah. sequel is or prequel, it's, they're revealing kind of this almost like um, Gilead-like governing body that's been in the shadows this whole time. And it's yeah. like, it's, it's just, you know, I'm like, why not just make another show where that's the point? Like, why do you have to have yeah. zombies too? Like, I just, I don't, and yeah, not, I,
0: I, I don't care for zombies either so and
1: I I, sh- and I really don't care for vampires either except for when the stories are just really interesting like like 30 days of night like interview with a vampire um, like what we do in the shadows like lost boys like people keep finding interesting things to do with vampires or they kind of you know, like you never saw a vampire like this before have you I've never seen that with zombies part of the problem is like you know actually I take that back ooh I take that back there is a movie we've never talked about this you may not even know what this is. There's a movie that came out a couple years ago starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and oh. Abigail Breslin. It's yep. called Maggie. And yep. you may have seen the, the – uh, it was on Netflix. It still might be. You, you'd see the cover of the poster quite a bit. It is so surprising. and Arnold Schwarzenegger plays uh, Maggie, who's Abigail Breslin, plays her father. And she's basically turning into a zombie throughout the entire course of the movie from like start to you know kind of as it goes on so it's like she's got a disease and his father doesn't want to kill her like he's it's it's you know kind of the old Yeller story like he doesn't want to you know end her and so he just kind of lets it progress it is so like you've never seen Schwarzenegger in a movie like this number one number two it's the only thing I can think of of where zombies are actually interesting like you can actually like do do a twist where it's like oh wow this is you know this is a part of the human condition that I didn't you know no, it could be part of this. So that's the only thing I can think of. I, is there anything else that, that's big that I'm missing where it's like, wow, that's I've never seen zombies that way before?
0: Well, I mean, trying to trying to tie it together with the theme of our episode. I think that zombies more so than vampires in recent years. But, you know, a little bit of both. Uh, it, it, people are trying to um, deconstruct that trope like they put it in a new, you know, there's things like zombie land. Or, yeah, but it's still, um, but the zombies the, aren't
1: different, right? Like they're just right. still the same archetypical exactly. character, or like it's
0: Shaun of the Dead or something. It's like it's different circumstances, so it's a take on the zombie movie, but it's still a zombie movie. Yeah, and I think what what makes you know Fangs fresh as a vampire book is that there's a you know there's just this different attitude about it. You know, what if this is all okay? And it's just a romance like that's. Yeah. You know, okay. Um, Or and 30 days a night, although it doesn't sound like it's like deconstructing too much, is putting it in that like capsule of like, hey, you got 30 days. You're in this small town. You figure it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. And I, uh, uh, you know, what? and, And man, to circle back to like what I honestly I need to go back and revisit it. But I think a fantastic vampire movie. Correct me if I'm wrong. Lost Boys, Mm -hmm. like that's another of those things too, where it was like, hey, let's just let's modernize this. You know, it's not going to be an Anne Rice kind of thing. Yeah, and it it only affects this small town, and it's like everyone knows, you know, or like people know about it, or the vampires know each other, or whatever. I don't know that that movie to me just, you know, epitomizes like how to do it right. Yeah, Um, yeah, for me at least. Yeah, I'm another.
1: It's just not something. Again, at that time in the world, like there really wasn't. I don't think we'd ever seen that flavor of vampires before. Right. So it's right. Just, exactly. It's if you can keep giving me something new, and you know, I'll even as as terrible as it is, I'll even throw the Twilight movies in there too, because even that's something you haven't seen before. Like, I, I mean, prior to that, like, who, who'd ever heard of a vampire that can get into the sun, but they just happen to sparkle? They don't die. It's just like okay, well, that's really
0: <laughs> daywalkers.
1: The daywalkers, but I'm talking like vampire. Like they didn't sparkle.
0: True, that's like true. Like the
1: vampires themselves didn't just go in the sun and go, I can't reveal myself because I'll sparkle. I'm like, well, that's something we haven't seen before. All right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'll take that too, I guess, you know. Um, so yeah, I uh, I think two, uh, I, I love your pick. I think my pick, if you're wanting something a little... You know, start with Todd's, you know, like get, you know, have a nice sort of comfortable thing or start with mine and then Todd's can be like a nice palate cleanser after you're like, oh my God, like after you've had this harrowing journey, it's like, I just want something to fall asleep to and not be scared to death. Like, I think maybe go to Todd's and then you can I, have, have a great little night.
0: I, I love that we started out this episode mentioning Infidel and Harrow County because those yeah. are also great uh, Halloween picks if you want spooky comics to read like for sure those are those are they I don't I don't know that we've done too many Halloween themed episodes those happened to be around Halloween because my book club pick was the Halloween book club you know that's mm-hmm. why I read it at that time but um, those are two good ones I got I got a question for you that's a uh, um, just to wrap up Halloween stuff which is like what are some of your favorite horror movies given that Neither you nor I likes vampires or zombie themed stuff too much.
1: Oh, good question. I like this one. And we're talking about horror movies um in the broad sense, so, you know, um I would say in no particular order um Blair Witch definitely up there. It may even be my number one. Have you one. rewatched that? I was thinking of that just the other I have i rewatched way. it oh, okay. recently. Um so when I first saw so so you have to think back. I mean, if you're a younger listener, if you were born like after 1997, this is old history to use but like when when blair Witch first came out um there was about a three week span of time maybe a month where everybody thought it was real because the marketing campaign was (laughs) this is real this is actually found footage it's not. I was mistaken. I originally. I had. I had always said that was the first time we'd seen a campaign like that. There's actually another indie film that came out before that, a couple of years before. I forget the name of it, but I'm always corrected. Like, yeah, but that. Well, blah 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 came first. So I'm like, okay.
0: I think. I, I think what made what for me made Blair Witch stand out was I remember that that marketing campaign was so centered online and their. Specifically, like their website was an experiential website where you could watch some of the clips and like it was all dark and spooky and stuff. And it happened at a time where I had just gotten out of college and was in a job where I had sort of full time all day access to the Internet. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it was like I'm checking my email or whatever, and I find that someone sends me that. page or whatever and I'm like at work going what the hell am right? I looking at you yes, know and it was before glorious. there was like widespread debunking on blogs yep, yep, or Twitter yep. or you know so imagine
1: it, okay here, here's yeah. a, he's, so here's a modern day comparison imagine like, you know, how, how QAnon is, is this thing that just keeps gaining steam. It's like, that's kind of how the Blair Witch thing was. It's like, you just fell down this rabbit hole and you're like, oh my, and then you became like a Blair Witch truther. You're like, <laughs> somebody <laughs> well, has to go find them. They're still there. Like, it's like, there's these these children have been lost for years and we got to go find a, them.
0: What you an know? interesting one because I just thought of that movie the other day and thought, I've never revisited it. But I mean, Can maybe- I pitch you?
1: Can I pitch you real quick? So yeah. like, I, I, I want to give some context too because I saw it, after like you know they 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 you know about a month later they you know came out like actually no it's 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 it is it is a fake movie um but then you find then you're almost you respect it more cuz you find out how they shot it um they actually it was as immersive as they could make it they shot it yeah. uh, linearly more or less linearly um from start to finish in the order that you see it and they would send the crew out like they'd have like a production meeting you know, before you know before they went into the woods every you know, everybody and they kind of map everything out and then they'd send the crew out with their cameras um, and then the directors slash writers would every night when the when the you know the actual cast slept in an actual tent just like you see the uh, the director and writer would come out there and they'd leave little notes and messages about kind of their next day's activities like this is what we're going to want you to do we want you to come in here we have a a surprise waiting for you you know like um the uh my favorite one is the um the night that the children's hands start rubbing the tent like that message that morning was uh you're not going to get any sleep tonight i was just like (laughs) and that's all they that's all they told them you know so they just kind of wandered around doing their stuff um which is amazing so that was like i saw it knowing that and even knowing that, I think it was like one of the last times it was in, the, no, it was right before Halloween. So it was probably like that. Cause it came out that summer, like that August, I believe. And then it had a I lot. I think it of, was a
0: summer thing. Yeah.
1: It, But I remember it getting really popular, like right as school was starting, like everybody was like, Oh my God, have you seen it? Um, so I saw it kind of mid October when it, you know, it kind of faded, you know, it was starting to fade down on the, on the tail end. And even huh. then I was in the theater, I was watching it. And the whole time I'm like, this is not scary in the slightest. This is just, you know, oh, this is a really well made documentary. Okay. As it went along, I got a little more creeped out and a little more creeped out. And I didn't notice that kind of my subconscious was getting mm. a lot more agitated because I was just kind of watching this procedural, like, you know, this way yeah. procedural. And then they get to the house yeah. And it's like all the little things that my subconscious was like collecting along the way was like delivered to my conscious on a silver platter. It's Ooh, like, yikes. oh, shit. And then I was so disturbed by that house scene. Like every second of it is like perfectly designed to just creep the hell out of you. Like and I've ta- I've had people tell me "Go, that's the house scene's stupid. I'm like, dude, it is the hmm. creepiest thing because you never see what's in there with them. And then yeah. and you never see it. You never like you're you know you never physically see some kind of weird monster or a shadow. You never see anything, and then you see the guy standing in the corner, and her camera gets knocked. It's just it's the creepiest thing in the world. So I uh, rewatched it I think a year ago, and that that whole sequence still stands up. It's still it is, and especially if it's been a few years, I highly recommend it because you you'll probably forget a lot of things along the way. Like oh my god, that's right. Twenty one years. <laughs> oh dude, you should definitely watch it again. It'll feel new. Uh, you know, it'll be familiar, but it'll feel new, and you'll just and think about all the things that's inspired since, like oh yeah you know, yeah paranormal uh, paranormal activity movies, uh, all of these sort of you know, uh, you know point of view horror movies like Blair Witch was kind of the origin point for most of it because everybody saw oh, it yeah. went, holy crap this can be a this I think they spent what six million dollars making it if that made like you know $300 and I bet million most
0: of that was on like you know post yeah, yeah 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 all that's <laughs> and, and marketing i mean <laughs> it was something. a
1: truly indie movie that just yeah. hit all the right notes and then had the best marketing campaign so of course it inspired all of this like work that came after um i keep gushing yeah, I, about this one i haven't even said anything I, else but i I'll just i'm so fascinated by that
0: because that that literally was on my mind just the other day because i was talking to a friend about horror movies and that friend had said to me like oh that's right you're not a big horror fan and then and then I'm thinking like, yeah, but for some reason I've seen like a ton of weird horror. So for me, my experience with Blair Witch, I, I, th- this is why it's also so fascinating and why I wonder if it would hold up for me is because, I, like I said, this was like my first office job where I got to like, you know, so like see that marketing campaign. But also because of that, because I was not like in school uh, I, I and I, you know, had more or less unlimited time to Stare at that site, I realized, like, oh, this is all marketing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I went to the movie knowing it was fake, but I went with my girlfriend and her mom.
1: No. And
0: they (laughs) lost their fucking (laughs) minds. Like so, I was watching it like this is a disturbing film, yeah, but they yeah. were on a different plan. <laughs> I've been with
1: somebody when that happened. It's um, it's yeah. kind of amazing to see because you're like, holy shit, this is this is resonating like religion does to some people. Like this is right like at a base level. They like they, I think it,
0: yeah, I think in their guts they were like, I knew it. You know, they we like walk out and they're telling ghost stories or something. And but I I hope I think I hope they were relieved that I that's a good moment to be a spoiler. And say, okay, you got the entertainment value. That was all made up, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I, I, I but it's interesting to talk about that, like how it builds up to that moment in the house, whatever. Because paranormal activity, which I, you know, all of us knew was like just fiction going into it. It still pushed all my buttons, you know, to where I was like rattled in that movie. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. that was more of like that disturbing kind of movie. but. Um, I would instantly like what I thought of like favorite horror movies. I think of like the shining or the thing uh, you oh, mentioned John yeah. Carpenter and like yeah, yeah. the thing stands out to me. And also like alien um, aliens, a good one aliens.
1: Well, you know, I, I always forget alien is a proper horror movie. That's, exactly. It's a monster movie. It's like, it's all those things it just happens to be on a spaceship, you know? Right.
0: Right. I really love the, you know, the, the, the clarification that, friends who are big fans have offered me of like alien is a horror movie aliens is an action movie yeah yeah. you know and you're like right that makes sense because I think as a kid I saw aliens first and then you go back and you're like oh, what's happening <laughs> like this is yeah. not as cool as the next one because you're terrified um, I
1: think what else I've seen recently that's con- that's considered horror I, that I really liked I mean you don't count like escape room as those that kind of movie do you
0: that's a movie there's a movie called Escape Room.
1: Yeah, it's really good. It's really fun. I mean, it's a, it's you know, don't expect a lot from it, but like it's it's the, the con. I mean, it's literally these people get suckered into this sort of you know through this contest, suckered into this mansion that happens to just be a series of endless escape rooms with different oh, themes. It's like a man. Nickelodeon okay. kid show where people die. It's kind of amazing, and then there's going to be a sequel that would have come out already huh. had it not been for COVID.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I, I you know I haven't seen. Any my, of the Blumhouse worried. movies? Ooh. Oh, oh!
1: Th- there we go. That's my other one. Um, Get Out is.
0: Oh, Get Out! Yes, yeah. I see. That's oh a, is that God. a
1: thriller though, or is that horror? I,
0: I mean, I I I think it's a horror movie.
1: Okay, then it's that's on my list too. That that's probably my most recent like. I, I ah. think there's
0: a I think there's a large is, contingent of the population that would correct us and tell us it's a documentary. <laughs> um, and I can't dispute that exactly. Uh, it, but yeah, that, that terrified me. Um, uh, uh. Yeah. That, and that's, that's probably the last one I've really seen in the theater. That was a, uh, in a thriller suspense horror genre. I did um, not
1: like what they did with Dr. Sleep. You know, the first half that came out last, that right, was last right? year for God's you, sake.
0: You did a podcast on that last year. Yeah.
1: But just to sum up, you know, first yeah. half, very loyal to the book. Second half, they decided to be more loyal to the Stanley Kubrick Shiny movie and it just, it mm. suffered as a result. And it's like, man, that book was perfect. I'm a giant fan of that book because The Shining, The Shining is like a horror book, right? Like if you if were talking about genres, like The Shining book and even The Shining, you know, the, the, the Steven Weber TV miniseries is the book. So if you're comparing and contrasting, right, you've right, seen right. that, that's the book. The Jack Nicholson thing is a you know, adaptation of the book that's not the story necessarily. And my um, friends
0: loved it when we talk about King adaptations. Oh, um, I
1: can't watch that. I had I, that the Tim the Curry one? one, as silly as it is, gave me so many nightmares Rank. as a as a ten year old, eleven year old that I'm like, I can't as much as I like the the look of this new one, I, I can't do it. I'm like, I, I don't want to go through that again.
0: Yeah, I, Stephen King is up there with vampires and zombies for me. Like I don't care for him. So <laughs> really, you don't really.
1: <laughs> now hang on. Because Stephen King's done you know, more than just horror books. He's written all kinds of stuff. Like, it's
0: too too verbose. Um, well, I I don't. I mean, I I confess, I the only thing I've read from him is his book about writing called On Writing, and it's really good.
1: Yeah, but his his
0: theory for how to write stuff is crazy because it's just the Stephen King theory, which is like just sit down and start making up stuff. And, and where I come from, the opposite side, which is like, no, 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 outline, <laughs> <laughs> then write I mean, it. Improvise within the outline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He just doesn't seem to acknowledge that there is another way.
1: uh, Well, there's people who outline who just get stuck endlessly outlining. Uh, I'm kind of one of them. If I'm not, if I don't watch out, I just outline and outline. Versus like if I just started writing. But then you, you know, you don't get to do world building. You don't get to do all the cool stuff you do when you outline. It just gives you so eh, much more, so many more tools, I think.
0: He, I mean, it's, it's like, it's hard to deny that there are like great, you know, there's Stand By Me, there's Shawshank Redemption. There's like great stuff that comes from Stephen King, but his, he's just got a ratio that's bad. You know, yeah. there's Maximum Overdrive. There's Dream Catchers <laughs> right. or whatever it's that's called. Right. There's, You know, it's like, oh, dude, you know, hit the brakes. Like this is you're <laughs> diluting your brand, man. We should do um, a
1: trailer. We should do like a Funny or Die sort of style of trailer where it's like from the writer of Maximum Overdrive. And just like list all his terrible <laughs> things and like,
0: you know, just he directed like make- that one as well. Oh, God. Yeah, directorial debut.
1: What? Oh, Steven. Steven. Yeah. Wow. No. Steven
0: Um Wow, I'm leading this into bummer territory, but um yeah, I'm I I g know I, I obviously like just talking this out loud, um, neither of us mentioned like sort of gory slasher picks. I'm not you know? into them. I just I'm don't mean either.
1: I just don't I mean, you see one, you're kinda like, okay. And they're just they're all sort of that. Oh, <clears throat> I know another horror movie that I've seen recently that I really liked, um uh hide and seek. No, is that what's oh, shoot. Not hide and seek. Is that hang on? Hang on. There hang is up. a hide
0: and seek movie, but it's older. No,
1: you're not that. I'm sorry. Oh, Jesus. It just came. Oh, God. It's got a blonde actress. She's marrying into this family and they're all trying to hunt her.
0: Um, oh, yeah. yeah. That's Aunt, just it's just on Netflix or something.
1: Addie McDowell is in it. Uh, and I typically don't like her. And she's playing or Andy McDowell. Sorry. And she's playing yeah. a um, really ready funny or character. not. Ready or not, that is my other favorite uh, uh, horror movie recently. It's that's Ready or Not has one okay. of the best endings of any horror movie of all time. I'm just gonna say that it, it is it they do something that I'm it they just it's the ballsiest ending I've ever seen. It's just it's so fun. Hmm. I don't. I really want to spoil it. I'm not gonna. But it's like it's. I,
0: you know, it's funny because you and I honestly like in our last episode you spoiled parts of the boys. I was still excited to watch it. Like we went in, we told people, hey, we're going to spoil this in the course yeah. of this episode. Yeah. You didn't do it right up front. There's a good buffer. But um, I that it doesn't bother me to get spoiled about things like that where you know, I'm going to watch it anyway. But there is a thing like in in I knew going into the Blair Witch that if I had made a point of telling my girlfriend and her mother that this was fake, <laughs> that it would have ruined the experience yes, for them. Yes, it would have. It's sort of if you if you knew it from the marketing or whatever, like when I knew it going in, it didn't ruin it for me, but I knew it would have for them because to them, the terror was like the ghosts, you know, it was the idea that like this, this ghost is real or this, witch. but there's the genius but, of
1: Blair Witch. But here's the thing. I, don't, I forgot to say this earlier. The, the genius of Blair Witch is truly. That they let your imagination fill in the blanks. Yeah, it is. I mean, they do, and they they have every temptation to not. The only thing they indulge is that creepy little uh, museum of stick figures that that are hanging in the woods. Like then you're like, oh god, because then they actually kind of give a physicality to the to the terror. Otherwise. It's just your damn imagination. And then if you happen to be living in a place like I do, where you're you're basically smack dab in the woods, you got to be really careful when you watch that movie. Rachel and I were talking the other night, and I was like, when my oh. daughter, you know, I'm not going to for, for, forebode my daughter from watching anything um, except for like maybe the Blair Witch. I'm like, look, as long as you're living in this house, you don't want to do that because you will not want to live in this house anymore. Like just, just ignore it. Like when you're living in the city, you know, like the big city or something, then watch it you don't, it just, Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: When you're like out in the woods,
1: <laughs> when you're, I mean, we live in the woods for God's sake. Yeah, like basically exactly. mean like we're, we're a block away from the woods. Like bears wander in all the time. So it's like, I just, it's not in mean, set and setting. It's, this is an important mantra set and setting is just as, is just as applicable to watching horror movies. As it is to taking yeah. psychedelics, you know, yeah, like yeah, just yeah, make sure you're, you're in the right frame of mind and you're in a comfortable place.
0: I, speaking of that, can't believe I forgot about what has what has freaked me out <laughs> more than any other movie in the past couple years is Midsomar.
1: Oh, um, that's a horror movie that. too, isn't it?
0: Oh Lord. It's, oh, that
1: didn't freak me out at all. That was delightful. That was, I mean, it was, ugh, it was bonkers as hell, but it was so just bizarre. like, it's,
0: uh, it's not, it's, uh, it, you know, from the three I named like uh, as favorites, like shining thing and alien, like it's obvious that, I, I like a, you're trapped in this situation. How do you escape kind of plot? Uh-huh. And Midsommar was like, there's no escape. You oh, know, I like that, yeah. that's the thing that just freaks me out. And also Googling simply horror movies. I learned that Underwater with uh, Kristen Stewart that I saw earlier this year was supposedly a horror movie, which I guess makes sense. But uh, I don't know if we've re- reviewed that on the podcast. I, I I actually liked it, but I, yeah, I guess it was a horror movie. Did you but, but,
1: see? Did you see Midsummer in the theater or on TV? Yes, theater. Uh, oh, bummer! I I'm so sad I didn't get to. I, it it left before I discovered it, um, or or rather we didn't make it in time. One of those things. So then we had to watch it on TV, and I was still very impressed. But I can only imagine the enormity of like some of that that location, like just the way they shot it. I it must have just been stunning on a bigger screen. It's
0: more uh, the, that's the thing is that they they proved, uh, and I can't think of another movie that's done this. That you can shoot in bright daylight yes. in this very uh, colorful palette, and be like utterly horrified. You know, at yeah, what you're that's seeing. Like, that was amazing to see yeah.
1: that like, you, that that daylight can be scary. Yeah, um, yeah, we
0: we tend to just shoot everything in like the you know grays and browns that kind of palette, and it was definitely different.
1: That's oh god it but so so midsommar you'd you'd count as a horror i guess it would be a horror i movie. think
0: i think so i mean it's not even like suspense or thriller it it's just pure horror i think that's true yeah okay cuz there's there's nothing else you know
1: how do you feel and then i'm i apologize we've wandered into like the time yeah Taylor we wandered way show. off that's but cool. how how do you feel about texas chainsaw massacre
0: well i mean it's like a lot of those like early 80s slashers where i mean i don't like really have affection for it but it seems to stand alone in its own genre, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I saw that and I must have seen the original Friday the 13th. I only recently went and, and watched Sleepaway Camp, the first one and uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like I saw all those like as a kid and I I that probably just, you know, cemented it it for me of like what I like and don't like, you know, nice.
1: like <laughs> yeah, I didn't know I watched both the original and the remake, um because the original the premise is amazing, but the production's kind of junk, you know, it's just like, yeah, this could have been scarier in terms of its you know there's some scene the the family dinner scene was you know appropriate, but everything else, there's some other parts where I'm just like, yeah, it's just a guy in a mask, whereas the newer movie, obviously the aesthetic is. Is um, you know much more appropriate, but then the it's just it doesn't have that raw quality, so it's just it's almost too commercial. It's, it's, again, I haven't found that sweet spot. I really think again they could do a Blair uh, Blair Witch treatment to that, which could be really interesting.
0: Hmm. Anyway, yeah. That's well, no, enough. it's a good discussion. I I do uh-huh. have one. Uh, I know we're about to wrap up, and I just want to put this uh, acknowledgement in there. And uh, from both of us, say congratulations to our um, often podcast co-host Emily Kelly Kunin and her husband Peter Kunin, who um, just uh, had their first child. They did. And congratulations! Yay. Congrats, uh, guys. Taylor is close behind you.
1: But, Very close um, behind yeah. you. Know. We're 36 weeks as of Saturday, and then it's anytime after. Oh. I mean, more probably more you know, closer to mid-November, but like it could be anytime after Saturday.
0: Hard oh my to gosh. say. That, that's a crazy thing to say. It could be anytime after Saturday. It's, oh, no. it's
1: okay. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, it, it almost feels like my favorite. Here's, have I given you my metaphor for this yet?
0: I, like here's, here's my metaphor. So.
1: Um, imagine being told, uh, we've made, we've received a message from, from the stars and they're coming and we're going to make first contact, uh, sometime in November. We don't know yeah. exactly when, Uh, Because we, you know, the way they travel, we just, you know, we can't quite tell. But sometime in November, we're gonna make first contact, and you're like, "Oh my God!" So then, like several questions. Number one, is it gonna be the best? What's it gonna be? And they go, "Well, by all likelihood, it will be one of the greatest. It will transform humanity forever. Number one. So life will never be the same again after this after this day, and." by all accounts it'll be good but it might go badly for us too we don't know so that's just that's just kind of up in the air too um so uh yeah time, and you're just like oh my god so do we do we should we go to work like is, is work going to be meaningless after this like is you know should we start shutting the churches down now or do or do we take this time um and like and like literally acknowledge like this is the last time we're going to be like this let's you know let's really live it up like what you what do you do like I, it's it's the same idea it's just like this vague time in november this kid will just appear and it's just like oh yeah. crap and then and it's and the weirdest thing is like kind of like with you know when you go to a funeral and then just everybody kind of goes about their day it's that same idea where you're like a, a new life is in this world and then it's like you know within you know, 24 hours you're just kind of sitting here like and we're just still doing our thing and now we have this this other person with us now and is, you know, you almost think that there yeah. should be some kind of, you know, credit should roll and then you, you know, you die or something, not like, and you just go back to normal reality again.
0: It's, it's it, all done. It becomes uh, a, a hardcore practical right away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got, you know, biological needs to attend to instantly. So <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Man, that's exciting too. Um, but yeah. Uh, we don't often talk about babies, which is a good thing. We're a, 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 mostly about comic books and, and geek culture, and we won't and be
1: talking about babies even after she's here. Like, oh, it's a it, great while yeah. I'll reference it, but that's yeah. I'm not one of those people. So. I
0: thought we were. It was the title was going to be Pamperism uh, yes. going forward, and it was just going to be about diapers. <laughs> yeah, when you're uh, uh, as the diapers
1: uh, worth having on your shelf, and then some. It, totally, yes. In one um, of our then some episodes, we talk about.
0: Uh, strollers uh, <laughs> oh, need boy. one? should you have Bad one? Boy. we're not this, I, I haven't even plugged the website yet but yes if you wanted to find <laughs> all these old episodes they're at panelism.ink I-N-K and we are on Instagram panelism.ink and that's the best place to catch us and go back and listen to these old uh, comic books Harrow County and Infidel and Adulthood is a Myth and yes. check out Fangs and 30 Days of Night
1: Yes, do it. And happy Halloween, happy f- you know, fall festival, happy whatever, whatever your happy your
0: Scorpio birthdays, Scorpio birthdays, <laughs>
1: time of the sea, whatever, whatever you call it. Just en- enjoy it while we have it because um, it will be another year until we get it again. How's that? That works. It's my, my folksy wisdom. I'm sure the music's just going to play out while I, while I say this.
0: I felt like we got to the playout part before I said panelism.inc and I was like, no, no, let me get to the <laughs>